Welcome to another episode of You See Me But You Don't Know podcast, where we allow celebrities and athletes to tell their story their way. All right, everybody, welcome to the show today. You see me, but you don't know my story podcast. We have my guy here, Charles Ali, NFL player, HBCU, Arkansas Pine Bluff. Welcome to the show, my brother. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. Man, so tell us about Charles Ali. <laughs> Charles <laughs> Ali. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Man, um, really, um, all in all, I want to say uh, thanks for having me on the show. Uh, thanks for giving me opportunity on your platform to speak. Uh, let us little stuff out. Uh, well, basically, you know, um, from St. Louis, Missouri, um, a, a father, mother, son, husband, uh, my mom, Charlene Gilkey, shout out to her. Nice. Uh, father, finest Gilkey, shout out to him. Um, you know, I was raised in St. Louis. Okay. Um, I played all the sports. Also did, uh, I mean, a type of family with the arts, uh, musical, ballet, classical, jazz, the whole nine, as I was telling you before. Right. Kind of like the black sheet, because uh, I'm the one that plays sports and football. Uh, my brother's a singer, opera singer. Okay, nice. Uh, stepfather was in um, music, um, from Invo to Tony, 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 played the bass guitar, um, then got into church, started playing music. My mom had her own um Theatrical and dance company. Okay. Uh, there in St. Louis, so I, I was in ballet. I was in tap. I was in all that stuff. I was in the Wizard of Oz play. Um, <laughs> all, all, all that good stuff. But um, yeah, so we uh, came came up pretty pretty um, pretty broad as far as uh, what we did in the household. We're a huge music family, a okay. huge uh, movie family. Of anything else, I, um, if I didn't play football, I probably would have been like a a movie critic or something okay. like that. I would have been awesome in that. I'm still still pretty good at that type of stuff. Um, like I said, my younger brother's an opera singer. He lives in Germany. Okay. Um, my baby sister went to Penn State. Uh, brother went to Iowa. I went to Arkansas Pine Bluff, of course. But uh, to take it all the way back, um, when I started football, I want to say um, I think I was uh, six or seven years old, the smallest on the team. Okay. Um the first week of practice, everybody had helmets and shoulder pads. Uh, they asked me, or actually my god brother, his name was Brad, Brad Perry, shout out to him. He was like, hey, you know, I play football. Come come play football with me. And I, and I, I, I was fast, but I never thought about football. I was like, sure, I'll come out because most of the time when you're young, you just playing sports because your friends play sports. Yep. So I came out. Uh, they didn't give me a helmet or a shoulder pads, anything. Um, so I was just kind of out there. And I told my mom, and uh, my mom wasn't in anybody's church, or uh, we, even though we grew up, I grew up Muslim. Okay. So, uh, okay. anybody's masjid or anything like that at that time. So she came and cursed the coaches out. She was like, hey, give my baby a chance. Uh, you know, he can play. She didn't know if I could play or not. She just wanted to create an opportunity for me to play. Right. And I remember, uh, so after that happened, um, the coaches tried to punish me. And uh, it was like, well, give give uh, Charles Charles the ball. And we had uh, three kids on the team named Charles. And they was like, no, him right there. And they told uh, one kid to take off his uniform to to give it to me okay. to give me a shot. Okay. And uh, they told me what to do. And it was like a, just a sweep, a sweep right. And it was like, just catch the ball and see what happens. And uh, I felt like nobody blocked for me. 
and they was just gonna kill me. But they they tossed me the ball, and I mean, I juked. Few people went to score a touchdown. The very first play, I got the ball in practice, and everybody like, "Oh, he's so good!" Blah blah blah. I was just scared to death. I wasn't good. <laughs> I was, was just frightened. Yes, I was running for my life. I mean, I was the smallest of the team, uh, soaking wet, and um, and and that's how I got my start to play football. And I probably didn't even gain a bunch of confidence until later. And that's why I always tell kids now that I mentor. Um, or talk to, you don't have to start off being the best, you know. Right. Just start off sports at the root of it is have fun, you know. Uh, and that's what I was just doing. I was just having fun. I didn't even take it that serious until years later. Okay. Uh, so, but that that's 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 sort of how I got my starting football, um, playing youth football there at the Matthew Dickey's Boys Club uh, in the north side of St. Louis. Um, even there, I went from there to go play um I went to a Naval Academy in high school. Okay. Um, uh, Cleveland Junior Naval Academy is the name of the school. It's shut down now. It's sad. But um, and even there, I, I played football, basketball. Uh, I was on a tennis team. Uh, everybody laughed when they find that out. And uh, I, was pretty, I was pretty good at tennis. I was pretty good uh, as far as, you know, uh, my competition. Right, against, you know. right. Uh, I made the districts. Um, and get, that's the first game all, all my boys came and see me play. And I got the brakes beat off of me, and they was all laughing at me. So I was like, it's all good. Uh, but yeah, so, um, you know, and from ROTC, uh, I ended up getting a scholarship um, to Arkansas Pine Bluff. I went on uh, my five visits in school. Pine Bluff or HBCU wasn't in my original plans. Um, oh, really? Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> Can't say that it was, but um, the opportunity came from a Coach Hartman, Lee Hartman out of Pine Bluff. Um, I had the opportunity to go to the University of uh, Arkansas, Razorbacks in Fayetteville. Uh, Coach Houston Nutt at the time was okay. uh, recruiting me. Uh, didn't, didn't do well in my ACT. Um, to be honest, I remember actually falling asleep during one of the uh, <laughs> sections of it out uh, late the night before. Just, didn't, you know, wasn't taking the... That part of it serious enough. I okay. thought I was big time enough to go to any school, no matter what. Okay, definitely wasn't the case. Got humble. <laughs> uh, God, you know, when well, my mom always said, like, if I went a different path, uh, God needed to humble me in so many words anyway. So, uh, got humble with that. Went to Arkansas Pine Bluff, um, HBCU, as we all know. I'm very proud for that. Um, was still blessed enough to 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 make it to the NFL. Uh, to graduate um, from that university, um, being the only uh, rookie, undrafted rookie, to right. make the team in Cleveland. Right. Uh, those type of battles, you know, it, it's tough. Um, you know, it's it's just amazing. You know, it's just amazing. And and you know what 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 gets me is you had that chance to go to a major D one and chose Arkansas Pine Bluff. Now, what did you learn from your time at Arkansas Pine Buff and, and, and playing in an HBCU? Uh, they're really good. That's, that's, you know, <laughs> I, I had the notion that um, you know, I was just going to walk the floor with everybody, wipe everybody out. Uh, there's no real talent down here. If you, know, uh, if you was this good, you would go to a bigger school, right. that, that sort of things. And... Uh, that wasn't the case. You know, they, they could play football there. Uh, I feel like they, they could play sports and football everywhere. You know, 
you just hear about the the bigger schools because they have the most people, they have the most money. Yeah. Um, and that's really the bottom line, in my opinion, of of a lot of that, you know. Um, that's why so many HBCU guys make it uh, to the NFL, NBA, and, and all other walks of life. So right. um, it's just the resources and um, the lack of knowledge that people have about it that's, uh, that's astounding to me. But in my experience... Um, it's, it, it just felt like a family atmosphere, felt like home. Um, I, I've never had that type of, um, I wouldn't trade that type of experience for the world. Okay. I met my wife at my school, Okay. Uh, Nicole, shout out to my, my beautiful wife, <laughs> Nicole Ali. She'll beat me up if she heard this and I said nothing about her. So shout out to her. But um, yeah, so I, I just I, I loved every, every aspect of it from the bands, from the culture, from the fraternities, sororities. Um, the rich history in it, like, you know, yeah. the the honor of like my grandfather, his father, and his father could have went to my university. Uh, no offense to any other schools or university, but you know, we live in a country where, um, you know, that's not the case at some schools. Yes. You know, yep. especially like a school uh, like Alabama. You know, it's it's very publicly known that you know black people wasn't even allowed to yeah, go right. to type of schools, and now. Uh, years later, people, they whole football teams looks like me. So it's kind of, it's, it's, it's weird, you know, how the times change and stuff like that. Yeah, and, and I remember you talking about uh, being a movie buff. Okay, Forrest Gump is where you first saw that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> saw, Alabama. You saw that yeah. Alabama thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, but it's what I've noticed with HBCUs, you get a good rich tradition in those. And I hear people talking all the time, well, why don't more people go to HBCUs? Well, I think HBCUs can be more diversified. All people have to do is go. Mm -hmm. And they start recruiting these players just like Alabama's and everybody else. I mean, look what Dion did at Jackson State. You like you said, the talent is there. I mean, Jerry Rice, Walter Payton, you came out of there. So, so you got a bunch of people that come out of those HBCUs that actually do very well outside. And it wasn't in Alabama or Notre Dame or Oklahoma. You know. Um, now I remember you joking with the guys <laughs> talking about. You're the only one that can say you played on BET. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, a lot of guys, uh, you know, they, they give, give it, it don't matter what school you went to, people going to give you a hard time. If you went to SEC school and some other guys went to a Big Ten school or, or Pac-12 or whatever, everybody gets it. And that's what I love about football in the locker room. Don't matter what your, your, your background is, uh, you're never too high or too low to get talked about, you know. Yeah. So that's what I love about it. So they talk about the uh, ABC games, primetime, or CBS games and all that. Uh, I was like, how many of y'all played on BET? You know? yeah. So that's, that's, it's just a, a, a funny thing. We, we you know, we, we tackle about, laugh about that sort of thing. But yeah, so like I said, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change my experience yeah. for anything. And, 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 it, and it taught me so much uh, not having a lot of stuff that, um, bigger schools and university had, you know, our weight room didn't look 
as good as all that. We our weight room probably doesn't look good as some of these Texas high schools' weight rooms. You know, crazy, that's right? just the, the reality of it. But <laughs> we had enough to get it done. You yes. know, we had enough to get it done. So um, I went to inner city high school. So uh, I never was. I was always more so uh, the underdog, okay. uh, so to speak. If this was a movie, or they made a, uh, a movie about my life, which would definitely win an Oscar, right? But, uh, <laughs> they, uh, you know, it's just an underdog type of story. But you know, we had a chip on our back, but um, never felt sorry for myself. You know, yeah. I always just had to get it. You know, um, nobody's gonna believe in your dream like you believe in your dream. So, yeah. Um, and and I think that's the thing about it, man. Being an undrafted free agent and making the team that says a lot about the drive that you have because it's like anybody else would have been like well you know what okay I'm just gonna come out here and get my shot but what I'm finding out about the one percenters in the league everybody's coming to play because at the end of the day a lot of people have burdens put on them oh my baby is gonna be in the NFL or NBA and then that kid grows up, basically, you're you're carrying that whole entire family. But your case, it sounds like you had a good foundation and good family members around you. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and, a, and a lot of my, um, the core of who I am, the core of my family is faith, faith-based. So even though, um, like I said, I grew up in Islamic faith, grew up in Muslim, um, my mom, I guess a short testimony for, for me and my family, my mom was dying, um, had a brain tumor in her head while I was in high school. And anybody knows me, me and my mom at that time, that was my best friend, that's my road dog. Okay. Um, I went through it to, to watch her kind of like uh, lose her hair some or, or different different stuff with, with sickness and illness comes with uh, having a brain tumor. Right. Um, uh, make a long story short, she spent a lot of time at church and in, in the Christ, in Christian church when she uh, converted to Christianity. And at the time, I was kind of the last. I was the last one in the family to convert. Uh, but my story was, um, I was going with her to some of her doctor's appointments. I was seeing her being sick to throw up. Everybody, my fa- everybody hates to throw up, but we really hate it. Like we, we, we despise it. Right. And, uh, and my prayer, she always just had me. Um, my brothers and sisters, to uh, we grew up in, to have an open mind frame, an open mindset, uh, not to shut any doors or think you know our cup can't can you can't pour anything more information in, into us. So um, I prayed and asked God, uh, you know, if if Christianity is the path for me, please show me. I don't, right. I don't I don't want anybody to influence me over this. Show me and by in this same process um, heal my mom. Right. You know, um, I know one time she they was talking about having um, uh, you know brain surgery. Uh, the pressure in her skull, they had to release it, and it was all some technical stuff that, as a young man, as a teenager, I was just like, "Hey, like, you know, get whatever you need to do, get done, do it, mom, so so you could be better." And she said no, and uh, as a teenager, she told me, uh, you know. God told me not to do it. Have faith. I'm gonna be healed. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna beat this without any surgery. I'm like, what? Are you crazy? Like, <laughs> what's going on? And so th- that was a very tough time for myself. Um, you know, not knowing, being you know, I was going to school depressed, going to school angry, going to school just mad, frustrated because I'm an inner city t- team, right? 
trying to balance, you know, uh, a possibility of me might lose my mom. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Playing sports uh, at a military school, which is strict. Um, and my prayer and prayer and prayer. And I, would, I think it was about six months. And I could say, like, God healed my mom. You wow. Know? Uh, my mom's still alive. She never had any any brain surgery, any any of that. And for me, the first when that happened, I was like, man, like we should sue the doctors. Like they must have had it wrong. <laughs> and I kind of got like a like a aha moment. It's like, no, this is what you've been praying for. Right. This is how this looks. This is how a miracle truly looks. And for me and mine, some may say uh, it's a scientific reason why, blah, blah, blah. And that may be true. But for me, it was my faith and my prayer. Yes. And God showed me, though, that's was, that was my prayer. You right. know? So um, and after that happened, I, I was going to church even more and just wanting to learn. I was just seeking God, just wanting to learn. Right. And um, converted to Christianity, got baptized. Um, and the rest is kind of history with that. Right. So it and was you, big. And you know what? It's... It's it's interesting how we have experienced the same thing. My mom went through a brain tumor mm. when I was in high school. Mm, I didn't know that. And she wound up having surgery from hers. And like you, you can talk about anybody in my family. You better not say anything about mom. Call her Mama O. So it's, I get it. I totally get it because, and I don't see it being scientific. No, that was a miracle that happened. And I can walk that mile in your shoes because I was in the same boat with you. And my mom's is still alive. But see, I'm also a preacher's kid. Mm. So we grew up thinking that way. But even when you go through it, it still takes a lot for you to be able to believe it and you believed it, your mom believed it, same thing. So yeah, that's, man, statistics, they can throw that out the window because mm -hmm. that right there is the real deal, period. Mm -hmm. And Absolutely. anybody can say what they want to say. But that's, it's, it's, it's like this. You see people, you don't know what they've gone through or, mm -hmm. or what trials or troubles or family issues they've had. And that's the reason for this podcast. Sit here and have a conversation, mm -hmm. you know, and... I love it because you're telling people stuff that people do not know about Ali, you know. Uh, and when, after all of that happened, you go through school, you make it to the league. What was the biggest challenge for you going from an HBCU into the league? Uh before I even jump into that, it's, oh, no, it's, a, it's a quote in high school. I, <laughs> I said, you know, it's a, I, I'm a quote guy from movies and everything else. Um, but one of my favorite quotes as a teenager, as a teenager, was don't judge my now until you see my then. Nice. And, and a lot of that was basically just of what you said. is like, you know, you don't know what I've been through. Um, you judging me off of, you know, of today, but you don't know about yesterday, exactly. the day before, the week before, the year before. So, uh, and I still kind of live by that. You know, you just never know what someone's going through, uh, the progress they have already made, yep. um, or, you know, their starting point. So, uh, but to your question, um, you said, what was the... The difference. So how did the, how did the game change for you? Yeah. And, okay. So that that's a great, because I heard that all the time and, and reporters used to ask me like, oh, is it just... 
uh, so much faster. Because uh, you went to a, a HBCU, can you, you know, still? <laughs> yes, yes. It, you're playing against the best of the best. Right, you know? right. Uh, the game, I, I guess, gets faster, but it's still football. Yep. It's still that same game, game I played when I was six years old. And the coach, the Lily coach, didn't give me a shot. You know, it was the same thing. Now, you know, fast forward some years, and we've grown. Um, the biggest thing was me just being myself. Uh, that was one of the biggest things I, I wanted. Didn't want to lose my identity, who I was, my edge, my chippiness, my swag, my uh, sauce that I put on my, me and my plays because I play football a certain type of way, and to play fullback. Um, you know, fullback wasn't a position that I played my whole life. I played everything in football. Yeah. From center to uh, JV quarterback, went undefeated. So uh, <laughs> varsity as a sophomore, started Mike linebacker, all state linebacker, uh, top five in the state of in tackles um, as a junior. Uh, to professionally uh, started off, you know, I mean, in college started off as a defensive end and linebacker, then converting to fullback, making the team as a fullback. You know, I was just an athlete. You right, know? right. Um, and I played the game violent. That's why my body is beat up to crap now. Shoulder, knees, back, the whole nine. Um, but uh, I, matter of fact, I got I got a story for you. Uh, uh, my <laughs> good friend, uh, William McGinnis. Um, okay. Uh, Three-time Super Bowl champion. I think he went to USC. Yeah. Um, uh, at the time, he won all these Super Bowls. We're in, we're in practice. Um, at this time, this is the... Uh, we were about to go into the week three of preseason. Um, it was tough for me mentally because I've been the man most of my life in football. I'm at, I'm in the Cleveland Browns, not even a winning organization at the time as far as the season. But um, I'm in camp and I'm not getting any type of reps at all. So I'm just like I'm like at this point I am feeling sorry for myself. I tell my mom. I'll, I'll tell my, my boys, like, man, it ain't looking good, man. Right. They're not fooling with your boy, man. And, uh, <laughs> and out the blue, uh, one of the starters gets hurt. And it's uh, two more guys in front of me on the depth chart. So I'm just like, man, like, I'm not getting a shot. Uh, and we're having uh, we're having practice. And the first uh, of two, um, two-a-day practice, Romeo Cannell, head coach at the time, he comes to me and says, Ali, uh, don't just be happy to be here. And he says it and, and walks away. And I'm like, what? Like, what does he mean? Like, what you like, I'm appreciative of the moment, blah, blah, blah. And and I asked my running back coach, Anthony Lynn, um, and he told me, like, hey, we, we got you. We brought you here because of your edge and your chippiness and how mean you played. Like, right. you know, don't have too much respect for these guys, you know, these guys that you, you know. I'm a man player. I used to play with these guys on man right. and stuff like that. He was like, you know, come with that same dog and grit and attitude. And I'm like, I'm there, you know, trying to be professional because that's all you hear. It's a business to be professional. And and by doing that, I lost a little bit of my edge of who okay. I was being from St. Louis, Northside. Shout out to Northside, St. Louis. Um, <laughs> and just wanted to, to be a dog. So uh, that practice, we was having goal line period and um, they threw me in there. And it was like 36 power. So, you know, power, six holes to the right, real easy breezy. Uh, block. I'm, I'm reading the mic linebacker to, to the edge. Uh, I go to the left. I go the wrong way. And pow! It sounds like a car crash. I hit Willie McGinnis, and I'm trying to dump his butt. I don't care nothing about him. <laughs> and, and, and a little camp fight breaks loose. You know? Right. Uh, no, no real, nobody's really hurt, but we're just doing the whole camp fight thing. And, um, 
I'm hearing you know, both sides are getting getting loud and, and, and crunk, and the head coach grabs my my face mask, and everybody's like, "Oh, that's a veteran. Learn how to practice rook." And they going at me, and I'm like, "I'm going right back." I'm like, "They already not giving me a shot. I might as well go out, you know, <laughs> get it how to get it." So uh, Romeo grabs my face mask, yanks me over, and is like, "Do it again," and I'm like. What? And they get back in the huddle, Ali, give it. Everybody scream. I'm like, did he just tell me to like to do it again? And uh I hit him and I, I blew his butt <laughs> up. Uh all the guys on the offense was crunking excited. So now the defense wants to turn up a notch. Uh but the offensive coordinator was like, Ali, what the heck are you doing? You went the wrong way. Like, you know, great hit, but you went the wrong way. Like, this is blah, blah, blah. So now he's like, we're going to do the same play. Now we're going to his side. So now we're going to the side. That we're get. I just had a little camp fight right. with um, Now he's ready to go, and now he knows I'm coming. And everybody, you know, it's goal line period, and it's live. Everybody knows, like, hey, it's up at this point. So I'm like, <laughs> I strapped my helmet up even tighter. I looked at the running back at the time was Jamal Lewis, and he was like, hey, hey, go get him. Let's go. <laughs> so I'm like, hey. In my mind, I just told one of my friends just last night, I was like, hey, I, I'm thinking like they're going to cut me because I'm about to hit this dude and we're going to get another fight and, and that's it. So I'm like, all right, it is what it is. Let's go. And hike the ball. I go over there. Bow. Another car crash. And we get, get to rustling and tussling again. Jamal scores. Offers all excited and stuff like that. And um, we going crazy. And I, and I told, and Willie was like, hey, man, you got to learn how to practice. I'm like, I'm trying, I got to make the team, dog. Exactly. Like, I'm not trying to, I don't have three Super Bowls in my belt. I don't have the, the UFC pristine behind my back. I got an HBCU behind my back. I got Pine Bluff, got St. Louis. Like, I, I'm gritty. You know, I don't yeah. care who you are. I'm ready to punch you in the mouth type of guy. And, you know, to this day, we were boys, and he respects me from that. To this day, um, People respect me for how I played and how I came, my authentic self. I am who I am. I'm that, you know, movie called again. I I don't I don't scratch my head unless it's itch. I don't dance unless I hear music. That's remembering the Titans. Denzel Washington, baby. Like so that that's what it was. And um I did start talking more stuff and became myself. That week three of preseason game I started. Okay. Um, which anybody know about football, week three is usually when the starters play and everybody else, you know, you kind of just wait your turn for week four. Uh, but they let me go with the ones, had an incredible game, glory to God on that, played against uh, the Broncos, I balled out. Uh, that, that elevation, that stuff is real out there. I, yeah. hey, I, I started at fullback, but I thought since I'm at fullback, I'm starting, I don't have to do special teams. Not the case. I'm on every <laughs> special team, kickoff, kickoff return, punt return, punt. I'm like, man, I'm tired. But... And like I said, I made the team that way, and I think and I believe it's because of of that was a turning point for me. Uh, no signs said I was going to make it before that. And at the time, wow. they, we had two fullbacks on the roster, and that's why it's very true. They say don't, you know, never get too high, never get too low in sports, and don't read all the newspaper clippings and all that type of crap, because uh, I made the team, and I remember a reporter was like, yeah, like, why did they keep him? I'm like, dang, like, what you... <laughs> And I took it personal. Like, so when the, I seen the report, I'm like, I don't even want to talk to this lady. Like, why they keep me? I'm like, hey, shoot. Like, that's my livelihood, you know? Exactly. And, and, and it goes back to people not knowing. They don't care. They're going to report inaccurate information because that's what sells. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the thing is what I've learned about being around former guys, former guys in the league, is all of y'all 
you have your core group of people. And because of all of the stuff or the thing that comes at you all the time, y'all keep a lot of people, you have to be invited into y'all's circle because you don't know, you have so many people that come at you and a lot of it is not good intention. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's one thing I'm noticing. You guys are normal people just like everybody else. You just happen to play a sport that everybody loves. Yeah. And everybody thinks they can critique how you play, you know, every Sunday and then they can, they're mm-hmm. better than you are on Monday. Oh, yeah. Um, now, when you, when you got in, tell me about the locker rooms. Not in depth, but but just tell me the difference between the Browns, the Ravens, and the Cardinals. Because I know Ravens, you had more of a veteran mm. group. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, the, my locker room experience, especially with Cleveland, that was the first team I was uh, with, of course. That's the people brought me in, uh, undrafted. Uh, I was there for three years, and... Um, we 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 had some veteran pairs. We had uh, Andre Davis, who was a uh, linebacker. Willie McGinnis, of course. Yeah. Uh, then we we had some guys that people. Oh, uh, uh, Keller Winslow. I was drafted the same year as, as the Hall of Fame guy this year, Joe Thomas. Yeah. Um, we had a we had a good good locker room. Um, but at the same time, we had a locker room that was that was kind of created uh, with a, a bunch of uh, pieces that I feel like people didn't want. Okay. Um, so, so that kind of made us unique because we all had edges and came from different backgrounds. And and even though uh, we were Cleveland Browns or whatever, that's my rookie year. We win ten games that year. We go ten and six. Wow. You know, we we uh, we had like six Pro Bowlers that year from Derek Anderson, uh, who wasn't a, a marquee guy in some people's eyes. He went to the Pro Bowl. Braylon Edwards, Kellen Winslow, yep. uh, Josh Cribs, Joe Thomas, uh, our kicker. Uh, went to I snapper. That's seven guys right there. I just wow. I rattled I rattled off, and you know, so it was, we had a fun locker room. I, I love that locker room. Uh, of course, the Ravens. It's nothing but Hall of Fame guys in there. Oh yeah. Um, I came to them uh, mid season after leaving the Browns. Um, of course, we had Ray, Ed, Suggs. Like I mean, uh, McGahee, um from from the. Um, Miami Hurricanes days. Uh, I mean, so that locker room was truly different um, because you had those marquee guys. um, And that was more of a winning franchise, just to be honest. Um, The field going up the week before we played the Steelers with the Browns was one type of field. You know, some of it was nervousness as far as some of the staff, coaching staff, versus with the Ravens. Their attitude was more so. Oh, they know us, so we about to we about to wipe they know. We about we about to get them clean up out of here. Right. So um, that was different. And even uh, my last team was with the Cardinals. Um, it was a little bit more chill locker room with Larry Fitzgerald, uh, Darnell Dockett. Um, I also had a guy that I played with two guys, Hamza Abdullah and Jason Wright. Um, I was with both of them in, in Cleveland, and they. They also was in Arizona with me, so that that that's more of a chill locker room and more calm uh, atmosphere. But all of them was different, but necessary at the same time. Right, if that makes sense. right. It does, and and I know everybody talks about <clears throat> the locker rooms make the difference in that team. 
And if it's a divided locker room, then your team is somewhat divided to a certain extent. Yeah. But, yeah. oh, go ahead, were you? No, no, no. Oh, okay. I, was, I was just agreeing. Yeah, now tell me when you decided you were going to leave the game and how did you handle that? Because it's, you, you've had a structure since college or since high school and now all of a sudden you're Ali that has to now regroup and figure out which direction you want to go in. Yeah. Uh, for me, um, and for, for like most people, I think the game decided um, it was time. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't really a personal decision. Uh, it was the game. It was my body. Unfortunately, uh, like I said, playing fullback, uh, playing football, period, it's just a violent sport, man. Yeah. Uh, I had my first surgery as far as football-related when I was 10. You know, wow. I broke I broke my uh, tibular bone, and at the time, uh, you know, wheelchairs and, and school handicap accessibility wasn't a real thing, you know, because I, I was so small, I had to be in a wheelchair. I couldn't even walk with a cat. I mean, wow. use the crutches for the first two months. But um, so the, the game, my, my body my body did it for me. The concussions, neck, neck stingers, um, I have nerve damage right now. I have all type of stuff go, goes on. But um, I didn't have a set plan, but I am was blessed with the mind frame that I didn't, I wasn't mad. I didn't, right. I, wasn't, I wasn't bitter. Like, oh, I'm not playing football anymore. It was just like, okay, like I did that. I uh, made a goal. My mom had me write my goals when I was nine years old. Um, I accomplished everything but one thing on my list. So I, I was kind of good wow. when it came to, um, you know, I can watch a football game and not feel like, oh, I should still be out there. Okay. So I'm very blessed that with, when it comes to that. But the only thing is the, when you do something, even like a doctor, um, it takes you a very long time to become a doctor. You yeah. have to go to a lot of schools, a lot of this, a lot of that. Uh, at that point, you're at the highest of your craft. Um, but now, if whatever thing something happens to you as, as a doctor, you lose your license. You can't be a doctor anymore. So now it's like now I knew what it took to get to the top of my craft. Right. Now what do I do? I feel like it's the same with with footballer. I made it to the to the mountaintop. That you know people say one percent of point yep. zero zero something percents makes it. Now what to do? So now I know how to get it. I know what it feels to grind. But now it's starting over. Yeah, and that's the part that's hard. Of course, football. It's a lot of things that they can tools that's transferable that you can use in life, but you walking into the next thing at ground zero and yeah. starting all the way over. So that was tough. Uh, I began to uh, get into officiating because I knew the game well. Thought that would be a, something to stay a part of the game, uh, and became very good at that. Um, in Georgia, one I forget what year it is. Uh, I was official of the year. Uh, then I, but then I couldn't continue that because my body still was beat up. I couldn't right. be as active, so I started training and evaluating officials for football. Uh, that that was amazing. Um, mentorship is something I've always been a part of, so that's what I mainly kept involved with or tried to keep uh, keep myself busy with. But uh, the transition after football, after NFL, after professional, being a professional athlete was tough. Sometimes too, okay. uh, just with the with ego and a little pride, you know, my flesh. 
Um, people's like, oh, you, you're not playing anymore. You look like you should play and stuff like having the, those conversations or on the financial piece, uh, baby, those checks, when they stop, they stop. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's the difference, man. You know, um, every, every, you know, you get a check every Wednesday or a direct deposit on Tuesday night. So when that was, when that stopped, that was, that was that's a different yeah. beast, man. That's a different beast. <laughs> well, yeah, because you look at it, y'all, it's, it's every 17 weeks you're getting a check. Yeah, every week to yep. to mount up to whatever your salary is, mm-hmm. and uh, <clears throat> I look at it, and I remember a friend of mine told me he was uh, he played Oscar Oscar Felton played for the Saints, and then went on to play with the Giants with Bill Parcells, and he uh, he told me he said Reg, he said man, everybody sees these guys or sees us, he said, but I know guys that are barely making it but they're playing on TV every Sunday. And I was like, man, you're crazy. He was like, no. He said, you got to think about it. It's still the same thing. If you haven't been taught about finances or how to save or how to be smart with it, you're going to be just like anybody else. You know, just like Kanye said in his song, win the Super Bowl and drive off in a Hyundai. Mm-hmm. You know, so it, it's it's one of those things. And I think that's where people get professional athletes, period, lumped in together. Yes, you make a lot of money, but not everybody makes all of that money and not everybody uses it wisely, Mm -hmm. you know? But again, it goes back to upbringing. How are you brought up? Were you brought up to save? I can tell you now, we didn't, me growing up, we didn't learn about finances. I had to figure it out, Mm -hmm. which a lot of guys do, you know? Um, but doing what you're doing now, you you have your nonprofit shift, and tell us about shift and what you do with shift. Okay, uh, yeah. So shift is something that my, me and my wife Nicole uh, came up with. Uh, shift is sharing hope, impacting families together, um, and a lot of my background, as I said before, is about family and faith, and and. What that also means to me is how are we impacting somebody? Okay. Uh, it's not like a numbers thing. If we can just impact one family, one person, we are we won. Right. Uh, so for us, it's like how can we still be an impact for others? And for my, my thing, a lot of um, information and a lot of avenues I did or did not do is because the knowledge or the lack of knowledge. Okay. Um, so... Uh, we, we we came up with this, and basically what we try to do is set up mentorships. We try to sh- set up shadows, uh, try to set up wherever you want to be in life or whatever you want to go, we try to plug you in with somebody nice. that's easy to open the door for you or to show you, oh, don't do this, do this. Okay. It's easier route to do this. Uh, for me, um, and maybe, I mean, not even maybe, my relationship with God, he has me go... A long way sometimes <laughs> to figure something out, and I right. feel like sometimes this is to help those other girls or boys. That's hey, you don't have to take this long route to get to here. Right. Let, let's let's cut let's cut the paper in half, and this is an easy way to get to to okay. to, to your destination. Okay. Uh, like I said, uh, to in the sports thing, you know, undraft. I went to a, a smaller schools. I went to uh, inner city schools was looked down upon. I went to the Cleveland Brown was looked down right. upon. Like <laughs> e- even at the highest level, I still was like a underdog, quote unquote. Right. Um, so what we do with shift is if if you're a guy 
that likes to play video games and all you do is just play the games. It's like, okay, well, let me set you up with some EA Sports people to show you how you can play, make money, go to school, get a scholarship from all from video games. But if you don't know anything, you're just playing just to play uh, or anything else in life, you know. Um, like I said, my younger brother's an opera singer. Uh, he went to the University of Iowa. I was like, you know, you're an opera singer? Like, where did that come from? You know, no, he sung his whole life, but mostly gospel music and stuff like that, praise and worship. Right. And he met somebody that was like, hey, you, how your voice is set up, I'm guessing, you would be good at this. Let me introduce you to this. And now he does that for a living, you know? So those are just opportunities that somebody can say, hey, you can probably do this. And he tried it and he excelled at it. So that's what we try to do with Shift. You know, we try to set you up with different things and you can excel it. And so, um, but if you never was given that opportunity, if nobody yeah. never extended their hand to reach back, you will never do it. Just like goes all the way back when I was six years old, my god brother, uh, Brad Perry, he was like, hey, come play football with right. me. And to be honest, if he never said that, I still probably would have been just doing track and karate or something. Because, but he extended his arm to that football and I did that for a living. And now that door opened up so many other doors. Right. It's just, it's a domino effect. Uh, so that's that's what we try to do is shift, uh, sharing hope, impacting families together, and uh, we're just trying to make an impact. Right. And now you do a lot of camps also that, that you give back and you bring other players back. Talk about the camps that you do and the different organizations that you actually work with and help bringing that back to the to the kids. You know, so, so even with Schiff... Uh, and building on that, the connections and stuff like that. I went to uh, Arkansas Pine Bluff. Uh, I have a, a relationship with Dallas Cowboys and their youth director. Shout out to Danny McCray. Um, he's a freaking uh, great guy. He went to LSU, okay. played in the league, played for the Cowboys, played for the Bears. Um, and now he's a freaking uh, a rock star. He, he's been on Survivor. <laughs> uh, he's been on uh, the show. The Ch- he actually won the challenge. There's a, a show on Paramount. Plus the the challenge he actually won, um, but wow! My relationship with him, I was able to uh, reach out to him and to get some other Arkansas Pine Bluff guys involved. Uh, now they they do youth camps with the Dallas Cowboys. Um, also camps uh, just through connections. It's all through connections. Uh, like I'm the national director of camps with the Alumni Performance Lab. Okay, um, and also able to help other guys, you know, do camps and, and give back. And uh, put together these type of clinics to to have fun again with football, but not only have fun, but to learn how to play it the right way. Okay. Uh, so all of these are just connection type baits and basically favor from God that I'm able to open up this door, help open up this door for other people to let people in and say, hey, all you guys are doing pretty much the same thing. Come together and make it a powerhouse. Right, right. Um, we did a... Um, uh, uh, girls flag football camp uh, a couple weeks ago with Nike and the Dallas Cowboys and the Fort Fort Worth uh, ISD was a major success. Uh, a lot of I think it's eleven to fifteen schools are giving away scholarships for now for girls flag yep. football. So that's amazing and it's just trying to be an ambassador for that. Um, just trying to help out women in sports. Uh, my, my daughter I only have one at the time. Uh, she, I remember she told me one time, like, Dad, I don't know how to throw a football. I was like, what? You don't know how to th-? I was like, oh, no. Nah. Oh, no. Nah. And, you know, sometimes we take for granted um, 
what people know or don't know. Yeah. And just the based off of, of that. So now we're trying to give opportunities to young ladies. This is another uh, way you can get scholarships, go yep. to school, uh, and not have to be in debt, you know, uh, just to go to school. So that's what we're trying to do now. Yeah, I love it. I mean, it, it especially with the big push with the girls and everything. So let's talk about NFL flag because now you have an NFL flag league that you're building and it's up and coming and you know you're touching a bunch of places for these kids to be able to do some stuff. So so talk about talk about the flag side. Yep, the flag side for me, uh, like I said, since my my body's beat up like it is, uh, it's important to to play the game. Um, with the less amount of impact as possible, uh, and to have fun. Once again, I'm going to say that all the time, to have fun. So uh, through my connections and through people I know, it's just genuinely connections. Um, that's that's what we're doing with NFL Flag. Uh, I have the leagues. Uh, I have a great uh, partner with Amy. I have great partners uh, that's helping me um, navigate the waters of flag, getting the word out. We have a league in Salina. Uh, we have Fort Worth Christian School. Uh, we have Melissa. Um, we have a big camp coming up in Princeton High School, uh, June 24th and 25th. Uh, those are the things that we're trying to do. Um, flag football, it's, it's our exciting, fast, fast pace. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, they're, trying, they're thinking about putting in the Olympics. They're going to be voting on that. Um, flag football is another way to to enjoy the game that we love, which is football, yeah. without the type of impact on your body getting banged up and things of that nature. And just to get out there and have fun, man. You know, sports, it's about competing. It's about getting knocked down, getting back up, having fun. So that's what we're trying to do. Um, ShiftNFLFlag.com is our, web, our website. Um, you can definitely sign up for, for any one of those leagues or camps. Um, we're, we're just trying to trying to make an impact in those communities, and, and and that's what I like about it, man. Y'all, you have a platform, and you're able to take that platform and give back to the kids that didn't have a stable foundation or a good foundation growing up. Um, and I look at you; I've seen you at the camps, and. It's just you get these kids involved. I mean, we had our little four-year-old in it and and was loving it. So <clears throat> it's it's like it's it's one of those things. And, and I laugh because, like the guy said, told you, are you sure you can keep up with the NFL coming from an HBCU? Okay, is HBCU handicap? Mm-hmm. I mean, what's the what's the difference? You still strap up, like you said, mm-hmm. and you go and you play. You know, and and now. You talk about your faith and your walk and everything else. Where do you see shift? What's one thing that you want shift to be able to accomplish overall? Overall, I would say we we, we want shift to be um, another tool. You know, uh, we don't have any aspirations of being the biggest tool. Uh, we just wanted to be a tool because a lot of times uh, I'm not a handyman by far. My <laughs> wife would say all that. But uh, when you don't have the right tool, um, tasks can be close to impossible to get done. So we just want to be the right tool for somebody, like I said. If we can reach one, two, three, you know, that's all all we need to feel yep. success or to be successful. 
Um, so we're just trying to be a tool for boys and girls and their families to navigate. If you want to go to college, everybody's not going to college. College is not for everybody. Yeah. You want to go to trade school. You want to go to art and design school. You wanna, whatever you want to do, we just want to be there to build a, a huge network of people um, that can help you. You know, um, I was blessed enough to be asked to sit on the board of the Frisco Bowl. Um, last year, I think it was on North Texas versus uh, Boise State there in Frisco. Uh, ex- excellent game, excellent thing. But even that, reaching out to college kids and yeah. sh- showing them different avenues of life in football or out of football. Like you said, you know, everybody's not going to get paid to play uh, football or play a game. Uh, but there's so much other things that you can bring to the table. Uh, and you might not even know the transferable skills that you already have that's in you right. from playing sports. Uh, when you have these interviews, I know uh, I haven't had an interview in a very long time, but <laughs> I remember them asking, like, uh, can you tell me a situation that you, you was in a stressful environment and overcome, you know, you want to talk about stress? <laughs> you want to talk about, you know, picking up a blitz with a, a 265 man coming full speed d- down the pipe? Like, uh, you want to talk about trying to um, make a team, 53-man roster, um, mortgages needs to be like it, it's it's some, it's some stressful stuff, you know. Uh, playing hurt, playing through adversity, uh, having a freaking uh, stink or concussion, having a uh, shoulder pop out of place, and having to pop it back in and get back out there, like because your job is on the line, oh, yeah. you know, sort of thing. So uh, a lot of men have transferable skills that that people take for granted. It's like, oh, you just play football, just no. like good luck, you know. <laughs> Good, good luck. So that's why 1% play the game. Yeah. And 1%, <clears throat> and it's like you said, your job is on the line every weekend, week out. And don't let a guy go down and they have to go bring somebody else in because they're going to take somebody else away from another spot. Absolutely. Which could be yours, yep. you know. Which, and- which, which for me, uh, <laughs> that happened to me once in, in, in Baltimore, I, I believe. Uh, my good friend Mark Clayton, he, he get hurt, uh, and another receiver get hurt, and they had two fullbacks, and they barely even used one of them. So they're like, hey, Ali, we're going to let you go. Stay around. We'll bring you back, which they did. But, you know, that, that's a stressful thing. You know, job security is not uh, is not a high High in that type of game, uh, <laughs> NFL. Everybody says it's not for long, right? Uh, you know, so that that's a that's a, the reality in it. And then nothing is truly guaranteed. You know, you can get hurt tomorrow, and they can let you go. And even though it says you have a contract for X X X, yeah, they, they'll pay you none of that. So it's not a true contract. <laughs> a lot of people didn't know that. I know I didn't know that going into it. Uh, I thought you you signed a contract, you good. You know, and that wasn't the case. Um, and it's a week to week. Like you can, they're looking to hire people every single week in the NFL. Yep. Every week they're working out somebody. They're trying to see where they can get better. So if they're bringing in somebody, like you said, that means they have to let somebody go. Um, everybody can't can't handle that type of stressful stuff. Um, if you drop a pass, some guys like, oh, is this gonna be the you know my last right. day at work type of thing? Right. You know. And and when you get fired from your job. You still got the same mortgage payment. Still got the same car payment. <laughs> uh, whatever your lifestyle is, is is that still that? Uh, you just won't be making that type of money anymore. So right. you definitely have to be smart in those type of situations. And and, and it's crazy because you sit back and you listen to listen to uh, former coaches and talking about, hey, 
be wise with what you have because the game we play is not a body-friendly, injury-free game. And you have to make sure you're set for life after or injury or whatever. Um, I mean, just, just hearing the stories, guys playing here and playing one day and then they're gone the next day and they're sitting in Chicago because now they, they've been traded or whatever. Uh, so like you said, that is some stress in, at a level that me or anyone else who have not been at that level have in, endured or even thought about. Yeah, yeah, you know, you lose your job, you can go get another job. NFL is a different story, you know. Um, now, when you, when you sit back and you think back over were you a better basketball player or football player? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's hilarious that you asked that. Uh, it's a few guys. Uh, let me let me let me do some shameless plugs. Uh, Demetri Evans, yes. who went to Georgia, played for the uh, Washington, and played for the Cowboys. I can definitely beat him in basketball. Robbie Bryant, think he went to Tulsa. I can beat him in basketball. Uh, no, nah, but. Um, my high school coaches, uh, man, they 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 meant a lot to me. Uh, I had some Campbell, bro- the Campbell brothers, um, and uh, Coach Simmons. Um, they was just some real honest brothers with me. And one thing I can love, I can say about them, uh, I, like I said, I did play basketball, tennis, football. Um, sometimes life it chooses for you. Yeah. And as good as I think I was in basketball, won multiple hoop it up championships in St. Louis, Chicago, um, <laughs> AAU championships, um, all over. Um, when it was time to, when it was time to get recruited for basketball, um, I remember my, my senior year I was playing and my high school coach, he was like, Hey, you need to uh get ready for college for football, you know, you don't wanna get hurt, come in. I'm like, I'm still hooping. I might get, you know, <laughs> and he asked me like, How many schools look at you looking at you right now? I'm like, shoot. I got like twenty some schools looking at me. He was like, Oh, what? Well, how many for basketball? I was like, none. He said, son, <laughs> they decided for you. <laughs> like, that's it right there. And, and so that was a it was harsh as a 17-year-old kid to hear that. Like, what? Because I love basketball. Um, I can't run up and court the, up and down the court now. I can shoot that thing. But it's just it's just kind of funny because um, hey, yeah, so I clearly I was back in football. <laughs> but you know, uh, cause basketball, I graduated in 2002, so that means the top people was like Chris Paul, Carmelo Anthony, Chris Bosch, like, you know, LeBron was 03, like. That's that's a that's some steep competition. So oh, yeah. yeah. So oh. <laughs> I, I say I'm better than football. I'm better than football. And, and I mean I laugh about it because I saw y'all and you up getting the workout in, but everybody bringing basketballs yeah. because you going to shoot some hoop yeah. after that workout. Yeah. And uh and, and I tell you what, I think one of the ones that probably would have played pro ball, Javi. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Javi, yeah. I beat his button shoe kind of competition too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's my Northwestern guy. Shout out right. to him, but right. yeah. But uh, yeah, so I mean, man, it's just like anything else. Um, um, you, you see these actors, they look up to to, to sports players. You see these uh, 
some athletes, they want to be in the music, singers, rappers, uh, all that sort of things, and, and vice versa, you know. Uh, but, uh, yeah, man, I, <laughs> I, I think I, I know I can hoop or could play basketball. Right. Football was definitely uh, better. Uh, <laughs> if I had to do all over again, I, I may go in the, fa the family way and get into Acting or acting. something like that, yeah. <laughs> uh, you can do that a lot longer than sports. That's hey, for sure. Hey, man, I'm telling you. Now, one word that describes Charles Ali. Mm, one word. That's, that's, I, I hate those types of <laughs> one, one, one word. But if, if it's one word, uh, I guess I would say resilient. You know, nice. Just being resilient, man. Uh, life, life can be tough. Don't um, matter what you're going through in life, it's, it's always going to be seasons and valleys of highs and lows. So, since being resilient and, and looking back, you know, I'm 38. Uh, my body feels like it's 68 sometimes. But even that, you know, not feeling sorry for myself, yeah. uh, getting therapy, the, the, the proper treatment, um, learning to be okay with where I'm at, not looking at uh, yesterday or not looking too far into tomorrow. Or just being in the moment. Um, yeah. So I'm truly thankful and, and humble and blessed with that. Just being resilient. Um, yeah. So I, I would say resilient, man. Nice. Sure. I like that. And and now we we have another thing that that I I'm a movie person just like you. Okay. And I I love Ali and his quotes mm -hmm. that he said. And I remember he said one. He said. Last week he dumped he done something special. He wrestled with an alligator, tussled with a whale, mm -hmm. handcuffed lightning, and throw thunder in jail. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. <laughs> Which basically describes what you did to get from St. Louis and the high school to Arkansas Pine Bluff to the NFL. Mm -hmm. You know, and 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 that's what it's all about, resilience. And, and believe me, I can quote Ali all day yes, long. That's, but that's, but awesome. that's that's who I love, and people hated him, but mm -hmm. he still was himself. Mm -hmm. He did not change for anybody. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, that's the way I see it. I see you. I've learned something new about you today, just like you've learned something you didn't know about me mm -hmm. today. And that's again, that's what this podcast is all about. It's all about you see somebody, but you don't know that person could have lost their mom mm -hmm. the day that you're talking to them or the mm -hmm. day you try to speak to them or anything, their job, divorce, whatever. But that's what I love about doing what I do with this platform. And the reason you guys are a big part of this platform is because people need to know who you are, not just on Sunday, mm -hmm. you know, and... Uh, you know, again, man, I want to thank you for coming on the show. Um, again, everybody, this is my guy. Ali is what we call him. Mm -hmm. You see him. Now you see you see him. Now you know his story. Thank you for tuning in and listening. Remember to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, at You See Me Pod. Make sure you share with your family and friends. We'll see you next episode. And always remember, you see me, but you don't know my story.